What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the On the Contrary show presented by Prize Picks. It's awesome. Oh, fantasy well, DFS channel, I should say. And we got a good one for you today. I'm Dave Lochran. Hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving and everybody's feeling good. Everyone got home safe. I'm here as always with Alex Baker, number one ranked player out there at Awesome DFS. Alex, I was driving to my brother-in-law's. He lives close, and I live like in a neighborhood across from a, a high school. Okay, and it always boggles my mind that these people are still obeying the flashing school zone signs <laughs> on like Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah, I mean uh, that that's a remarkable lack of uh, context there, <laughs> but. Uh, since I don't live by any schools, it's hard for me to, to relate. I probably would do the same thing. But, uh, man, I, I hope everyone did well in the Thanksgiving slate yesterday. That was that was a crazy oh. one. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I that was that. <laughs> I mean, I did say Josh Reynolds, man. We both did. Josh Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. It might be a Josh Reynolds day. Someone super chatted us about Deshaun Jackson, too. So, yeah, uh, yeah it was a wild slate. I passed out midway through the Buffalo game. I, I couldn't make it. I started falling asleep on my brother-in-law's couch. I think people thought I was high or something, but <laughs> I wasn't. I was just cooked from two days of, of eating and, and everything. But, hey, we got a, a great guest with us today, Scott Simpson at Nimble W. It's Nimble with numbers, but it's Nimble W numbers on Twitter, uh, content creator of the Mayo Media Network and uh, NimbleWNumbers.com. Remember, Nimble with numbers, but Nimble W numbers. And we're really happy to have him with us. Scott, what's going on, brother? Dave, I got to tell you, that's a great intro. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. I'm chopping it up with you and the number one DFS player in the world. Happy Thanksgiving to me, seriously. Uh, so excited. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, I had to go to my in-laws, which, you know what? It's not the worst thing ever. It was supposed to be at our house. So I had to you know, drink a little bit, take time off make some food, go to the party, drink a little bit, take some time off, then come home. So uh, no worse for wear, though. I'm ready to go. And you know what? I I'm continuing the party. Since I'm on here with you guys, I'm celebrating. I live in Maryland, and I just bought a new bottle of bourbon. And as you can see, it's uh, almost gone. So uh, cheers, <laughs> guys, and uh, to Thanksgiving and, and to the Christmas season coming up. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys having me on. What are you drinking? This is Maryland Whiskey Company's Bourbon 90 Proof, single cask, age 10 years. Small batch. Pretty good. Sounds good. Do you mix any water in it or you just go straight? No, I I, uh, I was a high school drinker, so I got rid of that. Like the taste <laughs> is terrible uh, from liquor in the beginning, just drinking shitty liquor. And so now when I drink good liquor, I like to like swish it around like, the whole and, and the water opens it up a little bit, but I really want the burn. So, you know, I just go straight. I'm I'm the same way when I drink good stuff, but I'm also, I'm happy to schlub it too. Like I'll go Jack Daniels or Jameson, no problem whatsoever. I mean, I, listen, I, that's, that's just the way I grew up. You know, I'll still drink Bud Lights and all that stuff. But um, Alex, you a whiskey drinker? Yeah, I drink a little whiskey. I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. I actually do like to go for high points per dollar uh, alcohol. <laughs> so sometimes you got to appreciate that that plastic bottle. But uh, oh, yeah. also some also, Nikolai. <laughs> I'm also a fan of the 40 ounces back from my youth. So uh, it's funny because like I, I like never see him in the store. Otherwise, I'd be just drinking King Cobra all the time. Yeah, and on our boy Mac Ajaski still still drinking Mickey's malt liquor. That's so. another good one. Yeah. Oh, you're a Mickey's guy. Yeah, yeah. Mickey's they they're the one that has the riddle on the top of the cap. Yeah. So you got to collect them all. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's it's an, it's, an it's an acquired thing, right? Like when you're young, you just knock it back because you want to get drunk. Well, and then as uh, you get up, what's up? The forty ounce is the perfect volume of beer where you get you get pretty you're feeling good and then you're not hung over the next day yeah it's the truth there's food and all of that stuff you know you look back now and you're like i hated that but now you have an acquired taste you enjoy it and uh, that's what scott's doing with us so let's dive into it fellas we got a lot to talk about for week 12 coming off a of thanksgiving slate that was it was wild. And thanks to all you guys for joining us on yesterday's uh, three and a half hour live stream. We had live before live for the night slate as well. I mean, there was a lot going on, but now we've got 10 games and Scott, I'll kick it off with you. 
I actually wanted to start just asking you about some of these top tier running backs because we ran our ownership projections. We had a new run pretty recently uh, and nobody's popping to an insane extent, but you do have McCaffrey, you know, up at nine K now on DraftKings, but we'll talk across all of the sites getting around 21%. Jonathan Taylor coming off that monstrous five touchdown game. He's still pulling 16% against a good Tampa Bay run defense. I don't know how much it matters at this point, but then you have Dalvin Cook, you have uh, Najee, Te- uh, Najee Harris, Austin Eckler coming off a four-touchdown game, and Joe Mixon coming off a big one himself. I mean, how do you digest – no pun intended, I mean that. I, I try not to be that corny. How do you digest all of this at the top of the running back position? Man, you, you just nailed like every single one of my green guys this week, guys who I want to play. I, I'm leaving CMC. I know you're paying up, but, I mean, he had a 30% target share in the last two weeks. I mean, that's exactly what you want to see. And Cam Newton being back, I think some people might have thought that it would impact him negatively last week. I think you kind of saw uh, what Cam can do when he can kind of change the offense. Uh, He has to be accounted for, and that leaves McCaffrey free, that little wheel route up the middle, up the seam. I loved it. You normally see the the wheel routes on on the sideline, but right up the middle, that was perfect. Yeah, I mean, Alex, there's, and hey, by the way, welcome to these new members. Gang Green, welcome to Team Awesome, my brother. Ray P, welcome to you as well. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. Subscribe to the channel. We're at 66,600 right now. Appreciate you. And if you want to join, hit that join down below. Yeah, let's get that off of 666 as quick as we can. Great. My show is the 666 show. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Subscribe to the channel. Shit, at this point, unsubscribe to get us off of 666. Doesn't matter. Just do one of them. Uh, but if Dude, you want to join, I, I, I was ahead. about to celebrate six six six. I got my voodoo dolls right here. <laughs> <laughs> who who are you poking them for? T- uh, this week? <laughs> well, I'm I'm kind of looking at uh, Aaron Jones poking a little knee. Maybe we get some AJ Dillon. Yeah, I'm gonna ask you about him later in the show as well. But if you guys want to join too, uh, like Ray P and, and Gang Green did, hit that join. Get the uh, custom badges, the emojis, uh, the free super chats, and bunch of other stuff. Yeah. By the way, one more thing, you know, I was thinking, this is what I've the one drink, right? The one drink that when you're young just sounds awful and you want nothing to do with it. And then you grow up and you go, this is delicious. It's gotta be a bloody Mary, right? No, I mean, a morning drink, like drink it. If you're doing, it's gotta be a bloody Mary, Scott. Well, it refreshes you. It gives you that vitamin C you need to get drunk again. So uh, it, it's a great morning. I didn't do that this morning. I should have done that. I, I just went with the straight bourbon, but I got to continue what I started yesterday. I don't want to switch it up and then get my body all out of context. Are you on the uh-huh. West Coast? No, no, I'm, I'm here on the East Coast. I'm a Maryland. You're up in near Philadelphia, right? Yep. Yep. I'm outside of Philly. Yeah. So. All right, cool. Alex, what are you doing with these top tier guys though? There's a last week. Remember how many top tier wide receivers there were? Yeah. It was Jonathan Taylor that you needed to have at running back. Uh, which of these guys are you really high on this week? If any, well, last week we found you just pick the lowest owned high price guy and you win all the money. So the problem is this week, there's not really anybody that's that, uh, that low on the top tier. But, uh, I mean, I think we got some good options. The, the amount they priced up some of these guys, like Cup at 9,600 on DraftKings and Taylor at 9,100, that does make it a little bit tougher. You, you can only really pick one of those few guys at the top, and then you got to uh, you gotta get the right one. So it should be a fun week to figure out who to go, go for. All right. So let me dive into the Panthers and Dolphins. We talked about McCaffrey a little bit, Alex, but – Cam Newton, always one of the more interesting topics of conversation, right? He comes back. They don't win. They lose to Washington. It doesn't really even matter at this point if you're winning because he's getting designed runs. He, he was 21 for 27, of course, pretty. It, it was, it's, it's a typical Cam Newton game, but two touchdown passes uh, and, and, of course, a rushing touchdown. He's now on very limited opportunities because he only played a little bit in week 10 accounted for five touchdowns, whether be it through the air or on the ground. Is this someone you're looking to target this week against the dolphins? And if so, are you stacking him skinny stack with like a DJ Moore or something? Definitely. Yeah. I think Cam Newton, it, it depends a little bit on the site because on DraftKings, he's like a value option on FanDuel. He's like one of the most expensive quarterbacks. So it's really an interesting discrepancy there uh i think cam newton it kind of goes along with every running quarterback where 
you get a higher chance of the quarterback being in the winning lineup and a lower chance of getting the right combo of players around them. So uh, individually, we have Cam as 8% owned and 9% chance of being in the optimal lineup on DraftKings. So you're getting some good leverage there. I probably would throw in at least one pass catcher. We saw Tommy Tremble win the Millie Maker last week with Unreal. the Cam stack. I mean, that was a little bit too deep for me, but I think uh, going to McCaffrey or going to uh, DJ Moore, I think both are very good options. Scott, are you getting either of these guys or any of these guys in Carolina? And are you running them back with some Miami options? I do like the stacking options here. I mean, Miami ranks 32nd. Uh, in passing yards given up 3,200, not really Cam's specialty. You know, he does more on the ground, but you still like that. That still gives Cam a little bit more of an edge. Uh, and then Miami's also 28th, giving up 21 total touchdowns to quarterback. So uh, both those numbers do kind of lead me to play some Cam. I might be a little bit over the field uh, than, you know, the 9%, maybe around 15%. But I like stacking him up with more at 6,200. He still has the fifth highest target share at 28%, even though he's been you know up and down last week. He was back up after a few down weeks. I do think that price hasn't caught up yet. I remember when he was 7K and you were just like, oh, shit, that's expensive this year. Now he's 800, you know, a thousand bucks less than his high price point. So I do think this is a good matchup. And I like this game to shoot out a little bit, too. The defense is in, in uh, Carolina's defense is a little bit stronger than Miami's, but uh, Miami has more of a, a pass funnel offense. So I think you can pick some runback options. Uh, you know, Jalen Waddle, he's seventh in targets, which is great. He's 29th in DK points, which is not great. So there is opportunity there. He's still priced down at 5,900. I like that. And then Gusecki, he's tied for fourth in targets with 75. He's only 5,300. Carolina is one of the best against tight ends, though. So uh, if you're going to kind of pick between the two, I'm going to go Waddle over Gusecki. But I think both are in play. It's funny with Waddle, too, because if he he scores a touchdown, of course, he had that one-yard rushing touchdown last time. If he scores a touchdown, he's probably going to get you there, Scott. Because, But if he doesn't score one, he probably isn't. And what I mean is, He'll probably catch like eight of his 10 targets for, you know, 60, uh, 70 yards uh, because they refuse, even though he had a couple really solid deep balls against Baltimore, uh, they refuse to get him more involved downfield, which is, which is frustrating at the same time though, if he scores and you're getting those PPR points, you're getting more than a touchdown out of his receptions. And then you're just hoping he can find the end zone. And by the way, Devontae Parker and Will Fuller, once again, looks like they probably won't be activated this week either. Yeah, I like both of those news as you just shared. Uh, not not for them personally, but for us. You really want to look at that concentrated target volume, like you said. And, and Waddle's the guy. You know, he's run the most routes in the NFL, the most. So he's definitely getting out there. I would like to see his his depth of target, or, or you know, at least his downfield. Maybe targeted a little bit further downfield, like you said. But at fifty nine hundred, he's somebody who I definitely will be targeting, probably above ownership. Love to see where it's at uh, right now. Where where is ownership for Waddle? By the way, do we have a, a updated number? Sure. Uh, 7.7% on DraftKings, at least 5,900. That's not bad. Under 10 is good. I like that. Yeah. I have no problem with that at all. You know, Alex, I was looking at the, the just to make a quick pivot here and change course. I was looking at this Titans offense and it is amazing that this team is atop the conference at eight and three, but they're seven point dogs this week at out there in, in Foxborough against the Patriots who look very good lately. And it's funny too. You look at the teams that are really playing well right now, the Philadelphia Eagles, the, uh, the, the New England Patriots, and a couple of other teams that are running the ball at an insanely high clip. That's what they're doing because they don't have the most electric passing games. But is there anything, Alex, that we can pull from the Titans offense or should we want to with Julio Jones, Derrick Henry on the IR, Adrian Peterson was just waived. AJ Brown appears to be trending towards not play. And you've got like McNichols and Dante Foreman also questionable. If, if, is Dante Hilliard in play or should we just be full fading this Titans team with the state of uh, the state of disarray that they're in right now? Yeah. I mean, 7.5 point dogs, the Patriots, uh, how about they're regretting waving Adrian Peterson right now? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think, yeah. I think the line was only three before they waved him. <laughs> So Julio's out. Uh, if AJ Brown is out, that's going to really up the value ratings of, of a few different players. If he's in, I think AJ Brown's pretty good because Tennessee, the big knock against them has always been that they don't pass at a high volume. Uh, 
but I think that uh, some of the injuries and the, the fact that they're big underdog makes it a little bit more likely he, he gets a, a good target out. So he'd be interesting if he does play, but if he's out, we saw uh, last week Des Fitzpatrick and Chester Rogers became like pretty much every down player as well. Nick Westbrook also got a lot of work. I haven't, I don't have these guys' prices in, in hand, but that seems like a perfect recipe where this guy that you didn't know was in the NFL like breaks <laughs> a slate. So I think uh, I, I might be trying to, to take advantage of that. Yeah. And Scott, Marcus Johnson, who was actually getting some opportunities with Julio out, he's on the IR now too. So the, the dearth, a dearth of options at pretty much everywhere on this offense. Yeah. And, you know, and it makes a, you know, talking about punt tight ends and Tommy Trumbull, uh, any interest in Jeff Swain? I mean, uh, you know, it's not great. It doesn't look amazing, but 2,600, uh, that's not bad at all. I, I don't think so either. Listen, I was talking about Jeff Swain the other day for last week, just as like, hey, he's going to get opportunities, but then he ended up not playing. It's possible that he doesn't play. It, I don't know. He fully participated yes, uh, on, on Wednesday, then nothing on Thursday. If he's out, it gets even worse. But yeah, I, I don't disagree. He's almost minimum salary. If you get like five targets for him, he's been a red zone uh, option. He's scored in two of his last three games. Other than that, though, man, this team is so ugly, Scott. And then you've got the Patriots on the other side. Yeah, they have. And, and by the way, lowest implied total on the slate is the Tennessee Titans. I kid you not. It's it's crazy to see what's happened to them. It's a shame, really. On the other side, though. The Patriots have a 25 point higher than a 25 point total. It's above the Rams. It's higher than the Colts. It's higher than a lot of other good teams. But we saw the split at running back last week where Damian Harris saw 10 attempts and Ramondre Stevenson got involved with 12. Is there anybody that we can look to and say, you know, I really like them this week as big uh, seven plus point favorites? It's hard for me to get to Harris at 6,100 with Stevenson down there at 52 on DraftKings. Uh, you know, he hasn't had the, the, the rushing volume all year, but he's been eating into it the last few weeks for sure. Uh, and then there's the touchdown vulturing that can happen. So uh, I, I'm not sure if the New England Patriots just don't use their passing uh, attack, which, uh, you know, with Jones, it hasn't been much of an attack attack, you know, thinking like the higher, you know, air Coriel offenses of the league. But, uh, you know, they have, this is interesting, they're the fourth most explosive play rate in the NFL at 10.5%. I didn't know that. I looked it up. Uh, I said, holy shit, New England does have some explosive plays. So uh, it makes Myers at, at you know, 5,000 and Bourne at 49. Uh, even Aguilar at 43, they're all in play, I think, if you're looking for somebody to, to you know, go for a long one. They do target, you know, receivers downfield. They do have those explosive plays. I think the running game is going to help set that up. So maybe, you know, Titans being almost dead last against the wide receiver position, it might be a pivot this week uh, away from the running backs, maybe to one of those wide receivers. Alex, what about you for the Patriots? Uh, I think mostly contrary in plays. Jacoby Myers is an exception where he's uh, getting a pretty good target volume. But uh, with the running back position, it's really dif difficult to, to pick anyone because it's a three-man committee between Harris, Stevenson, and Bolden, where Bolden's kind of getting those passing downs while Harris and Stevenson got close to even split last game. Although Stevenson uh, definitely has been playing the better of the two, so maybe he gets a little bit more, but it might depend more on who's getting and going in the game. So I think that you could maybe – those are like two guys that we have as very low-owned, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, that have a lot of potential if you get the right one. Uh, I think as far as ownership, we have Ramondre at 5% and – Damian Harris at one percent, so it, it's uh, intriguing from that standpoint. For sure, and you know we 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 always talk about our game script adjusted uh, rush play percentage tool. I think that's I don't know if that's free. Might be not sure. It's we do free, have some yeah. free. Is it? Yeah, it is. It's free uh, under the NFL tab, so you should check that out. And we have some free content as well that's usually behind paywall. What do we have? The NFL player projections for week 12, NBA player rankings for tonight, NHL player projections for tonight, uh, all of that stuff free over at awesome.com. But yeah, this tool is a great one. And the, the Patriots are running over the last three weeks, 
Game script adjusted, of course. Uh, run play percentage, 57%, 57%, 52%. They're running the football a lot. So, you know, that has to have you at least somewhat interested in, hey, if one of these guys goes off, they could put on a show. Now, the Bucks, on the other hand, against the Colts, 53-point total, and this total has risen since it, since it opened. I was a little surprised how low it opened that. Uh, and now I think it opened at 51. It's up to 53, Scott. The Bucks though, are likely they're going to be without Antonio Brown again this week. Mike Evans is questionable. I'm assuming he, he he gets in and plays. But the Colts have been one of the bigger pass funnel defenses in the league. And while I know that Josh Allen was running for his life last week and didn't get much going, it does feel like this could turn into a legitimate shootout. Do you feel the same way or are you looking elsewhere? Yeah, I definitely feel the same way. I'm a little uh, hesitant to go all in on the Bucks after what happened in Washington when they had such an advantage on paper, you know, according to all the metrics and, and all the data that we kind of had at hand. Um, but this the, the data here for the Colts is, is kind of even worse uh, or better for the, the Bucks and Tom Brady. 28 passing touchdowns so far. That's the most in the NFL given up. And you, you want that if you're Tom Brady going in there. Uh, and then with the Godwin Evans situation, the last two weeks, uh, Godwin has 37 or last four weeks. Sorry. Godwin has 37 targets uh, to Mike Evans, 28. So kind of already trending a little bit more with Antonio Brown out. Like you said, Godwin getting more of those targets, more of that role. Uh, and with AB out and with Godwin priced down compared to Evans, I, I going to leave Godwin this week too. I really like that play. And I think Gronk is, is a nice little 40, you know, 4,400 on DraftKings. I think he's in play too. Uh, after his six for eight and 71 last week, he didn't get any touchdowns. Like he likes to get, you know, red zone targets, but there's, that's always on the table. And the Colts are not good against a tight end. They give up around 17 points per game. So there's an opportunity there for Gronk as well. If you want to stack Brady with one of those receivers, I'd lean Godwin and then go to Gronk. You got a nice little game flow there. Run it back with JT or Pittman. Uh, you can nice game stack going on. Yeah, the the Bucks are, are the Colts are allowing top three in fantasy points, receptions, targets, yards, and touchdowns to tight ends this season. So. I'm with you there. And Gronk is the Gronk's the tight end two in the four games that he's played this year. I don't count the one game where he only played eight snaps, but uh, Alex top team on our top stack tool, top stack probability still at the highest, uh, one of the highest leverage scores that has to feel pretty decent coming into this one with a 53 point total. No, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the, the bucks are very intriguing. Uh, you have uh, like usually a team that's favored, isn't like uh, the the team that has the the highest passing volume is usually an underdog. But this week we have the uh, Bucks far and away the highest pass rate of any team on that advanced stats page at sixty seven percent in neutral game scripts. So they really have uh, gone pass heavy like to a greater extent than any other team on the slate. And Indiana is a tougher than average opponent. So we got to think that maybe that slants even further. So I think that uh, you're going to see a lot of passing volume here for the Bucks. The one thing that makes it tough to stack up is Tom Brady is 7,600. So we have him at 10% ownership and only a 5% chance of being the optimal lineup individually. And the, the stack options and Evans and Godwin are both quite expensive. So I think uh, game three wise, it might pay to go to a cheaper stack, but Brady uh, plus the Bucks, they definitely stand out as the top overall option without considering salary. Alex, how do we? I'm not asking for for everything here, but like, how do you get the the next game projection for like a neutral game script run play percentage like we have in this tool? Well, the next game projection is just kind of our projection for all game scripts combined. So <clears throat> we're projecting that 67% of Bucks plays will be passing plays next week uh, based on all, all the factors that we consider, like the historical rates, the, the opponent, the, the spread, uh, weather, and all that good stuff. Are you, are you willing to run back a Bucks stack with Jonathan Taylor? It's expensive, but like, let's just say it's doable. Are you willing to run in a bag with an expensive uh, running back? Well, uh, the correlation there is a little bit weaker than a pass catcher like Pittman because uh, running attempts tend to slow down the game. So if you're picking Taylor and hoping for 30 rushing attempts, then uh, it's not going to be on a day where the Bucks usually do great. So uh, that wouldn't be a preferred build for me. I'd, I'd much rather go to Pittman and hope it just shoots out. 
Yeah, I mean, Scott Pittman's one of those guys that when you actually when you look at the numbers this year, and you just mentioned him a minute ago, when you look at Pittman's numbers this year, in games where they've dominated, he hasn't really been needed, right? You have Buffalo last week. It was just the Jonathan Taylor show. Jacksonville, sure, they made it somewhat competitive towards the end, but it was never really a close game. They smoked the Jets, who scored in garbage time. But then you look at some of these games where Pittman's services were really required, like against the Rams, 12 targets, big game against Tennessee, 12 targets again against Tennessee, 15 targets in a three point loss. This does feel like the type of spot, as Alex just mentioned, that Pittman could be the guy that ends up getting double digit looks because they can't just rely on Jonathan Taylor up and down the field against one of the most uh, extreme pass funnel offense or defenses in football. I, I agree with Alex completely. And uh, Michael Pittman is quietly on pace for close to 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns or nine touchdowns. And uh, because he's up and down and he's not needed each week, he gets lost. And so his price after a couple of you know, three straight successive kind of going down in, in uh, point production, uh, he's going to come back up this week. I, I feel like he's got a 20 point, 25 point game in him, given the game flow that we kind of think is going to happen. If, if they have to chase Tom Brady and the Bucks, if they're behind, I still like JT to get the, you know, the pass catching volume out of the backfield screens, things like that. But man, Michael Pittman at 5,600, he might be the best point per dollar uh, wide receiver out of anybody this week. That's a great point though. The way that this team operates, especially in games where they're up and they can lean on Taylor and not put any real pressure on like Wentz, Pittman Pittman's price comes down. This is the cheapest he's been since week eight. So yeah, it, it definitely feels like an excellent opportunity to take advantage of that. We got a lot more games to get into and you know, I'm bringing up miles Sanders because while I've taken the L all year on him, I think some injuries and, and Nick Sirianni just not being smart. I think I will redeem myself here. I, I, I will have redemption boys, but before we do shout out to our sponsor prize picks. If you haven't checked them out yet, I'm sure many of you have, but if you haven't, Daily prop-based contest across uh, an insane range of sports. I mean, a lot of sports. You can get, I mean, if there's a sport out there that you can bet on, you could probably find props on it at prize picks. Very cool format, too. All you're doing is you're taking a prop, whether it's the over or the under. There's no juice on either side of it, okay? And you're putting it into a lineup. It's no salary constraints or anything like that. Just the props. And use our player prop tool. Use Odd Shopper, which are all free, to get a good edge, you know, to get a legitimate edge and understanding of where you should be on many of these using our projections. But yeah, you're making a two through five prop lineup. Uh, if you hit all five, you 10 X your, your, your money or your entry fee. If you only hit four, you're still two Xing. So it's not like a traditional book where you need all five or you get blown up and you win nothing. You can do a four prop power play where you hit uh, all four and you 10 X. Of course, it's a, it's a boom or bust. It's an all or nothing spot. But there's so many different ways to do it. Even if you get three of five, you still make some money back and you can cross sports. You can mix sports up so you can do cross sport lineups. If you wanted to do basketball and mix it in with some football ones or even uh, esports, you can do that. So many different ways to make money over at prize picks. And the first way to do it is use the promo code awesome. A-W-E-S-E-M-O when you sign up and deposit for the first time, get up to one hundred dollars in a deposit bonus. When you sign up, you go to prizepicks.com, download it in the App Store, Google Play Store, whatever you want. Now it's time for us to throw our picks out there. Scott, I know you got one. What do you have for prize picks this Sunday? So Elijah Moore, his total for receiving yards is 43 and a hook. And I know you think, okay, Zach Wilson's coming back. What's it going to look like? The last four weeks, he has gone over that number and some. He's got 67 receiving yards against Cincinnati, 84 against Indianapolis, 44 against Buffalo, or just half a hook there, got you there. And then 144 last week against Miami. I feel like the ascension of Elijah Moore, it, take, it took a little bit of time, but he's here now. Uh, you need to get used to it. He's the number one wide receiver over the last three weeks, folks. So uh, that's just the points that he scored. So please don't lose out on this. It's free money. Oh, it's free money. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Confidence. Alex, what do you have? I'm looking at Tyrod Taylor over. Uh, I've got all his line at only 215.5 passing yards, uh, which, uh, so if he passes 30 times for seven yards per attempt, that would equal about that prop. However, okay, the, the Texans, he's thrown for about 6.9 yards per attempt, but the, the Jets are the perfect matchup for, for passing where they allow a lot more yards per attempt than an average team. 
And then you factor in, this has got some of the better weather of all the games this weekend. Uh, so we're not worried about that. And Houston has been pretty neutral past first run in the last month. So I'm uh, pretty confident that Tyrod's going to eclipse 215 yards. I love it. I'm going back to the well of Laffey here. And you know what it is. It's touchdowns, man. First of all, Jonathan Taylor has 62 <laughs> red zone attempts on the season. Oh, 62. Yeah. The next closest player has 35. Consider that for a second. Obviously, Derrick Henry's out. Dalvin Cook has played a limited amount of games, but that is insane. 22 goal line attempts for Taylor. The next closest is 13. It's not even close at this point. And prize picks, there's no juice. Over a half a touchdown. So for T Taylor to score anytime, if you go and look at that on DraftKings, it's minus 200 right now. So, yeah, yeah you're getting the solid one right there. You're not going to find that too often. People are going to be like, yeah, but he's playing Tampa. doesn't matter. Jonathan Taylor has 80% of the team's red zone carries this season. Take that, lock it up, put those together, and let's win some money. Use the promo code AWESOMO. Get your $100 when you sign up and deposit, and uh, let's rake it in for week 12, boys. All right, let's uh let, let's talk about let's talk about Miles Sanders here. I'm going a little bit out of order, Tyler, so bear with me. But Alex, oh no, I'm not actually. It's perfect order. I, I, Miles Sanders is projected for nine percent ownership. Jordan Howard's not going to play this week. They're facing the Giants. They're favored on the road. They have arguably the best run blocking line in the league. And I don't really know, even with Jason Garrett gone and and Freddie Kitchens coming in, having a couple days to prepare. Offensive line for the Giants probably doesn't hold up. The pass rush for the Eagles is solid. It just feels like Sanders, who had 16 carries in his first day back from the IR with Jordan Howard healthy, is going to get an insane amount of opportunities on a team that's averaging 44 rushing attempts per game over the last four weeks. They ran the ball 50 times in week 11. Am I crazy for liking him here at single-digit ownership? I uh, I think Sanders is a great player this week. Yeah, uh, the ownership number like was a little bit perplexing to me because he's priced really well, and uh, you know the the fact that the Eagles have been such a run heavy team uh, in the past month. So uh, I think if we're kind of identifying Sanders as top play this week, it won't surprise me if his ownership is looking a lot higher by Sunday. But I think that. Uh, the volume you're expecting from the the rushing attack of the Eagles, and then you combine that with Jordan Howard being out. So uh, Gainwell was a healthy scratch previously, and uh, Boston Scott definitely took a, a big backseat role to Sanders early in the season. So I think that Sanders, there's not really any reason to, to not like him this week. Let's go. Feeling good about it, boys. <laughs> cue, cue the – Cue the 10 rushing attempt, 45-yard game for Sanders. But, Scott, Alex mentioned that 5,100, that is a really cheap price point for a guy that's on a team that really just amazingly has made a, a course correct and is running the ball in an insane clip, won three of their last four games. And the only game they lost was uh, on a time-expiring field goal against the Chargers. So hopefully they keep it up. I have him as green on my sheet for sure. And I think what you're looking at, he's averaging five yards per carry. The Giants have given up a thousand rushing yards so far and 570 through a thousand sixty to be exact. And then 573 receiving yards. So you're giving up almost 1600 plus yards on the ground uh, to running backs somehow, some way. It's a monster day for Sanders. If he can get the volume that you're looking for, those 16 carries, turn him into 19, maybe four or five targets. He could score 20 points. Sorry, I'm talking out of my ass here, Dave. Uh, but Miles Sanders has been <laughs> dormant for so long, but we know what he's capable of. We saw his first year before he got banged up, uh, what he could do. So I, I think this is a good play, and hopefully the ownership stays away from it so we can actually use it to our advantage to make some leverage. Do you like anything else for for the Philadelphia Eagles this week, Scott, against uh, against the Giants? You know what? I've been fading Hurts this year to my detriment, and I think that you know he's priced up at seventy three hundred on DraftKings. But 
He has eight of his 11 games with 20 points or, or more. And so if you're looking for that solid, they're going to be effective. It's hurts. And then, you know, the, the Eagles, I'm sorry, the Giants have given up like, close to 18 points per game to quarterbacks. I'm sure there's a skewed variant there. Uh, you know, they just played Tom Brady, but still, uh, Hertz has an opportunity here, and I'm not going to fade him. I might not be going with him in GPPs, but in cash for sure. How about you, Alex? Anything else for the birds you're looking at, or is it mostly just the run game here? I'd be really hesitant to go to, to any pass catchers, given how much they've been running. But as part of a game stack, I, I suppose if uh, Giants somehow get up big, then you can see more passing volume. So uh, I'm pretty, pretty off of that. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't have a time. I mean, Hurts, yeah, anything you want to play Hurts. The guy has eight rushing touchdowns in the season coming off a three rushing touchdown game. I have no problem getting there. Do you get, Alex, I, I know it's it, these aren't fun questions, but like should we be looking at anything from the Giants or is this really just kind of a one-dimensional spot that we should be targeting? Well, I, like the, I like the Giants this week. Uh, okay. I think that we saw them at their worst. Uh, they are playing one of the toughest defenses in the league last week and everyone was saying how how much daniel jones disappointed so like the the sentiment couldn't be lower but they're playing the bucks i mean that's a really tough team uh on the year the giants haven't been good either but they haven't been unplayable and fantasy and the eagles defense has not been a huge difference maker this year the one wrinkle here is we just got word that Sterling Shepard and Tony are most likely out for the Giants this week. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So uh, that does consolidate some of the work between Galladay and, and Slayton and, and Ingram, but uh, it's hard to feel a ton of confidence in, in any of those guys. Uh, Saquon Barkley, he's he's at a very low price. 6,300 drafting, 7,500 FanDuel, so uh let's look at his snap count he ran routes on half the plays last week and played 62 percent of snaps 62 percent, and that was his first week back from injuries so we could easily see that increase to 80 percent this week because that's more like what it was earlier this season and that uh that makes him a nice value yeah I, i'm i'm with you I, I think the one spot here scott that I, I don't want to get to Galladay. I really, I, I'm just, the, I have very little faith in these guys right now. Tony had, even if Tony played, the guy had seven receptions for 40 yards last week. They're just not getting it. They're not using him properly, which is no surprise. Now, hear me out. Jason Garrett's gone. So we are kind of going into this one a little bit blind. But if, if any offensive coordinator knew it was good for them, He'd probably want to get Saquon Barkley involved heavily would be my thought. Yeah, I can only see Saquon in this without Tony being there. Uh, there's no one else I really want to target. Uh, it, it, it's bad. I mean, Daniel Jones could rush for a bunch of yards, I guess. But this definitely has one of those cold weather matchups in New York on that gross field. Uh, I could see Daniel Jones bouncing off of it several times as the Eagles bludgeon them. Um, maybe just wishful thinking on my end, but uh, it's hard for me to put my money into any of the Giants right now, honestly. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. Appreciate you guys being here uh, with us the day after Thanksgiving. I'm sure several, many of you nursing hangovers, some just still in a tough spot after eating a lot of food. But, hey, what better to do than watch some football analysis heading into the Sunday 10-game slate? And um, follow Scott while you're at it. Nimble W numbers. I'd messed that up on the run sheet earlier, Tyler, so that's on me. Uh, Nimble dub. I knew what it was. I just typoed it. Uh, Nimble W numbers, like Nimble with numbers, nimblewnumbers.com uh, as well. Check out all of his analysis as well. You got your fingers in many pies when it comes to the uh, NFL space, man. I don't know how you keep track of it all. Well, thank you. I love football. Uh, that's that's where this whole uh, Nimble W numbers came from. I was at home one night. I'm a, an educator. I was evaluating new educators working 80 hours a week and just getting destroyed. And I said, you know what? I'm tired of this. What do I love the most? I love football. And so one night, one Friday night after working 80 hours, I bought a website. I stayed up all night. I wrote my intro article to the world just saying, hey, it's my shot in the dark. I love football. I'm 40. Let me talk about what I love. And then here I am. I'm talking to you and, and Alex Baker, the number one DFS player in the world. It's pretty fucking amazing. I'm not going to lie. 
You're 40? You look good for 40, man. I'm 42 now. Thank you. I wow, appreciate it. Okay. I feel good for 42. Carry it well, my man. Carry Thank it you. well. But uh, yeah, check out everything Scott's got going on. Uh, awesome network of people that he does stuff with. So for sure. Um, hey, Alex, are we... God. Oh, I, I, actually, Sean, I did want to mention from that chat. I don't think they were holding Miles Sanders back for halfway through the season, like just to not exhaust his, his, you know, use No, I, I think that Nick Sirianni was wet behind the ears, completely green as a coach and would panic every time they'd go down by a score. And also the front office in Philly, they want them to, they want it. They hate running the football. Jeffrey Laurie hates running the football. It, it's awful. It's awful. Like he just uh, analytics and I'm an analytics guy. All of us are, but, it doesn't work when you got someone that's a, a, a making his fifth career start coming into this this season and Jalen Hurts throwing 50 times per game. So, no, I think he figured I think Sirianni may have figured it out. And for that, I credit him. But, Alex, I, the Steelers are a team you want to talk to me about earlier today whenever we kind of discussed the pre-show plan, which is, hey, what do you want to talk about? We'll talk about this. And it's like, all right, see you at one. But the Steelers offense is one you want to talk about. I'll throw a stat at you, and then I want to hear where you're at here. Pat Fryermuth, over the last four weeks, leads the entire league in red zone targets with 11 at bunk pass catchers. Deontay Johnson is second with nine. So consolidated usage inside the red zone for those guys. What do you got this week against the Bengals? Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, Pittsburgh is just a team that throws the ball a lot. Uh, their base rushing rate is only 39%. So even though they're pretty ineffective and Big Ben is averaging in the mid sixes in yards per attempt, like this is a situation where sometimes volume trumps efficiency and you just need that many opportunities to have that GPP upside. So I'm seeing you got three guys to really stack up Ben with. You got Claypool, Johnson, and, and Firemuth. All of them are good options individually as well. So uh, I think the volume here is going to trump any lack of efficiency. And Cincinnati is uh, slightly worse than average defense. So I think uh, no one likes rostering any of the Steelers, but they look pretty good this week. Yeah, the, I think this is a team that you mentioned that you wanted to talk about too, Scott. So for uh, sure, are, are you on the Steelers? I am as a runback. I really like Johnson at 6,600. He's getting 28% of the target share. He's getting a third more targets than Claypool. He's only 600 more dollars than Claypool. Like it, that doesn't make sense just on a, a point per dollar basis. And uh, you know, who's getting the, the, the rock as they say. So I do love Johnson this week with that target share. Uh, he's just getting more points than Claypool to 5.5 more points per game. Uh, and then Fryermuth, you mentioned, I love him. Uh, I was wondering what was going to happen with Ebron and how they were going to work that out because Ebron had been effective. I mean, he's not the go-to guy necessarily, but uh, red zone, he had been used by Pittsburgh and they needed a big guy in the red zone. So Firemuth coming in and kind of edging him out, you know, even though Ebron did catch a touchdown last week, he's out this week. I think that does give Firemuth a nice touchdown upside. And he has 36 targets in his last five games. So he's getting that volume. Uh, and even though Big Ben isn't efficient, uh, he, he's still, you know, he's still in the red zone. He's not the worst quarterback. <laughs> There's like Trevor Lawrence and other people out there too. So, uh, I do like Firemuth, and then, you know, Harris at 8,200, he's getting, uh, over six targets a game and, and we're PPR here. And, you know, for particularly for DraftKings, you're looking at the full PPR, he's averaging you 20 points a game. Big Ben's been leaning on him as his target share is up in this, you know, around 16% too. So I think all of them are on the table. I like Johnson the best, I think at 6,600 though. Yeah, I mean, I the, the only thing about Najee is like, if I'm going to Najee, and I, and I'm with you, I'm with, with both of you guys on on, on Firemuth and, and on Deontay Johnson, uh, but if you're going to Harris at this point, it's like shit. I could be going to a few of these other guys that just actually have lines that can block for them. Alvin yeah. Cook. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and and the thing is, I, you're right. The the PPR upside is unden it's it's undeniable for sure. Uh, same thing with like a DeAndre Swift, but man, some of these spots, it's just, it can't get anything going. Sure. They'll keep feeding him and that's encouraging, but I I'd probably say, uh, maybe I just go to McCaffrey with the same pass catching upside a little bit of a better line and, and more touchdown equity just on the ground, at least Austin Eckler, none of them have the greatest matchups. And I think Harris is still fine. I just wish Scott that he could get 
that they could get something going on the ground. But we knew coming into this season, they can't, they cannot run block in Pittsburgh. No, I think his at, uh, yards per carry is like 3.4. So it's, it's, it's not good at all. The line 3.6, hit, but 3. still 6. not good. Oh yeah. Not good. And, and the inability in the red zone to sure he's getting targets in the red zone or, or touches, but they're just running him into the back of his uh, offensive line. And then the defenders are falling on him and they're creating a pig pile about five yards away from the, the goal line. So I don't like even the creativity or lack thereof of how they've used him. They need to be able to put him in space and get him open around the, the, uh, the end zone. And they're not doing that right now. Alex, I talked a lot last week about how I wanted to try and get to more mixing and ended up having less than I wanted. It was a weird slate in that respect with so many high-priced players, but he's been awesome lately. I mean, he's got 25-plus DraftKings points in four of his last five games. The only one he really didn't have a great game was when they blew out Baltimore and Samaje Ryan came in, but coming off a 30-carry game for Mixon in that, in that route against Vegas, I mean, should we start talking about Mixon as one of any, by the way, five-plus targets in three of his last five should we start talking about Mixon as one of these guys that deserves to be uh, at one of the higher priced uh, running backs? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that uh, we've always thought Mixon has some of the best uh, volume in the league. Uh, Piran mixes in a little bit, but uh, I think, uh, I mean, the upside is going to be big with a, a running back that gets as many, uh, a biggest share of the offense as he does. And now the offense is a lot better with, uh, Jamar Chase and uh, coming coming into the the fold this year, and they've been good at passing the ball. So I think that that Mixon has a lot of upside. What about you on Mixon and just this Cincinnati team in general, Scott? You know, I think they've underperformed a little bit, and they came back against the the Raiders and showed that they you know they're kind of for real uh, after you know their game with Green Bay. But uh, I do like Mixon a lot, and particularly I think you've seen the breakdown of, of Pittsburgh's defense in the last couple of weeks. Normally they're pretty stout against the run. The last four weeks, though, they've ranked twenty fifth. They're giving up twenty eight points per uh, game to running backs, which I really really like. And it does depend a little bit with Watt. I know he's questionable right now, and, and we'll see that the Steelers have a lot of injuries on their injury report. It's just littered. Uh, I think the only team that's way more is Tennessee. By the way, I didn't touch on this when we talked about Tennessee. What's in the water in Tennessee? Everybody on their team is injured. That is some shit. So, um, but I, I, I digress. But no, I do like mixing this this week. And at seventy five hundred, it's it's a valuable price. It's it's not too far. You know, you're not getting gouged. I think there's a good value there to had. He gets in the end zone once, good. Gets in the end zone twice, even better. Hey, today is the last day to use the promo code stuffing to get $1 NFL Express Weekly Pass. Yeah, I mean, it, taking advantage of it yesterday would have been huge with all those showdown sites because we have the ownership, the top place tool, uh, all of the tools created by Alex Baker right here, awesome himself, and, and of course, a, an amazing team of guys that have won a lot of money that work behind the scenes here at Awesome o. But still, a lot to be had for one single dollar promo code stuffing at awesome.com slash promos. Just click it. You don't even have to type it in anymore. You just go there and then click on the promo. Uh, it's so much stuff. The lineup builder light, a lot of main slate content, all of the tiers con uh, content for all of those contests are included. Every showdown tool, you name it. If you want to check it out, which you should because it's a dollar, go to awesome.com slash promos and click on that promo right there. Last day you can get it is today, one single dollar. And when you join, uh, join the Discord as well. We got a premium Discord with a, a great community and, of course, the premium office hours where you can pick the brains of uh, many of the pros that work at Awesome O. They can help you better your game uh, and become a, a more skilled DFS player. So awesome.com slash promos. Hopefully we'll see you guys over there. Alex, Minnesota-San Francisco, believe it or not, second highest total game on this entire slate. Are we getting the Dalvin on the road? Are we getting the Justin Jefferson, Thielen, Christian Kirk, sorry, uh, Kirk Cousins? Anybody here you like? Uh, well, Minnesota is the side I like a little bit less, uh, I have to admit, but Dalvin Cook, uh, certainly a good option. San Francisco's defense is a little bit tougher than average. Uh, Minnesota's coming off a game where they kind of found themselves in a shootout, so they had to pass the ball a ton, but who knows what it's going to be this game. So Dalvin Cook just being one of the guys that gets huge volume. Uh, you have the four or five touchdown upside that, like we saw last week, there are basically two guys you need to – well, I guess Eckler wasn't on the main slate, uh, but 
like when that happens, you need that guy to win. So you want to have exposure to all like the guys that, that have that kind of upside. Scott, you like Minnesota this week or is it the other side you feel best about? You know, I think I'm with Alex. I think I feel a little bit better about San Francisco, but it's hard not to like Justin Jefferson, particularly with with his ownership rates being around five percent and under the last couple of weeks. I mean that he's been the ultimate leverage. He's been able to you know score 15, 20, 40 points. I mean, that's what you you want to win. That's what I did when I scored my 251 points last year. You you have to have somebody who crushes. And it was Jefferson, by the way, stacked with Kirk Cousins. I don't think I'm going to stack them this week, um, but they do have the fifth most explosive play rate. I, you can't get away from it at 10.2%. They are going to air it out. They're going to target Justin Jefferson downfield. You know that. So uh, if they are trailing, I wouldn't you know be surprised if they aren't trailing in this game against San Francisco uh, at home. So I do like it. Thielen, though, when you get down to the red zone, he's getting targeted more in the red zone than Justin Jefferson. So if they're if they're getting the ball down to the five, six yard line and they're not able to punch it in with Cook, I do like Thielen at 6,700. He's got a 8.1% red zone target share compared to 5.7 for Justin Jefferson. But Justin Jefferson's going to break the slate. If there's somebody who's going to win you all your money at that low ownership, it's Jefferson. So, uh, you know, Thielen for kind of that security probably has a better chance of kind of being that stable 17 point person you're looking for where on the other side, I want volume and upside. I'm going to go for Jefferson. And every single week, man, Jefferson's at a price point where he just does not pull a lot of ownership. He scares it's, people. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And, and he's well, and he's up there with so many, he's up there with your Devonte Adams. Right. And, and so many other really good receivers. One of them is in this game, Alex. And you know, everyone's coming in thinking, all right, so, it's going to be a Jeff Wilson day. Uh, it turns out that Debo Samuel had eight for 79 and a touchdown rushing. He was targeted two times in the game. That's insanity. Now, granted, he didn't have a huge game, but if it's going to be anyone in this passing attack, it's him or Kittle, who it makes me happy to see he's caught a touchdown in three straight contests. Outside of that, man, you're looking at like Jawan Jeff, uh, Jawan Johnson and, and, and Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I, would, uh, I think that Kittle and Samuel are really the guys uh, that are big uh, threats in this offense. So uh, the one thing I'll mention, I think that if Eli Mitchell comes back this week, maybe that that the team doesn't use Debo Samuel as much for rushing. That was kind of fluky. So don't know exactly what to expect there, but he's been really effective receiving the ball as well uh, in other games other than the last one but he's been targeted on 27% of his routes. Kittle has been targeted on 24%. So this is actually a situation where I feel like if you like the receivers, then you got to like the quarterback. Like everyone hates playing Jimmy Garoppolo, but if Kittle and Samuel happen to have a big game on the same day, then Garoppolo is going to be in the winning lineup for sure. So that's definitely something I'm going to be looking for. And it's not like Kirk Cousins can't, uh, operate an offense on the other side that will force San Francisco to throw either. So yeah, Scott, interesting pass catching options for San Francisco, especially if Debo is going to be getting work in the ground game too. Yeah. That just does make it a game changer. If you look at Debo and Ayuk in the passing game, the last four games, they've both been targeted around the same Debo 25, Ayuk 26, but then the differentiation, like you said, the rushing upside, the touchdown rushing the other day, uh, you're looking at a, a six point difference in points per game between Debo and Ayuk. So I have a huge price difference, 79 and 53 on DraftKings. Um, but I still like Ayuk if you're going to be on the contrary, right? I mean, if you're going to kind of go against the grain, I'm sure uh, more people will be favoring Debo. Uh, but then you have to think about it. It's for a reason, right? He has been probably their best player this year. Uh, and it's not, even close. And um, speaking of Jimmy G, I have him highlighted as I normally don't have him highlighted as somebody to play, but at 5,700, uh, you know, the, the Minnesota Vikings are not a great defense, uh, whereas uh, San Francisco has the ability to put up points. They're a top 10 offense. So you're looking at uh, the, if this game can kind of be back and forth, I'm hoping it can be, like you said, there's a big total. The, the real snooze uh, factor comes in if Minnesota just doesn't show up, right? They don't travel well. If they put up a dud, which they have done, and then San Francisco just blows them out. That's the only thing I'm afraid of in this. But if we get back and forth, I love all of San Francisco's offensive passing weapons from you know Kittle at 64. I mean, he's just been a monster since he's come back. He's averaged 17.8 points per game. That is higher than Kittle's 17.6 for the whole season. So it's a small sample size, only three games. But you see the kind of value you're getting. You're not paying in the 7K or, or up in the you know a high 7K range for it. I love it. 
Hey, uh, before we get to our top stack, or I'm um, sorry, our top fade, our top pivot, and our favorite bet of every week, we do that here to close out every On the Contrary show. Keep in mind that the NHL strategy show is coming up right after this. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. And Alex, I have one question for you guys before we get to our final segment of the show. If Aaron Jones is active and not expected to be limited this week, is he in play at 6K on DraftKings and 7K on FanDuel against the Rams? Yeah, I mean, the price is way too low. So uh, that's like a no-brainer where uh, if Aaron Jones is in, then I'm going to play Aaron Jones. If he's out, I think Dylan's going to be a top player. Okay. Succinct and to the point. I like it. Scott, what about you? Yeah, I'm in full agreement with that. You think about what's happening with Aaron Rodgers and his COVID toe. Is that what he's calling it right now? Right. Uh, I, I know he broke the slate last week. He threw a bunch of touchdowns, you know, plus 350 passing yards. But I just don't see that happening in this game. I mean, he, he shared afterwards that it hurt a lot and it gave him some trouble. So uh, if you're going to win this game, you're going to do it on the ground, I think. And you're going to play both of them. A.J. Dillon. I mean, we're not going to play both of them, but I think they would play both of them, the, the, the Packers. So uh, if it is active for him, I don't see a problem starting him at 6K at all. I think you get a lot of uh, passing attempts to Aaron Jones, too. I mean, he is a underrated pass catching back, man. He can be real good in that capacity. So, yeah, 6K, I'm on board. Let's wrap this one up, boys. Uh, top pivot or sorry, top fade of the week. Scott, we'll go to you first. What do you have? You know, it sounds crazy uh, and I'm probably going to get crushed for it, but I'm going to fade JT at the you know, 9,100 price. I still think he does it, but I like Christian McCaffrey better. If you're looking at the price ranges of where these top tier players are and you have to go and you're going to pick one of them, which I would definitely pick one of them if you're going to try to win your matchup this week or your BPP play. Uh, I would just say I'm, I'm off of JT. I know he's been incredible. Like you said, a thousand red zone carries so far this year, but uh, it just, this matchup, I don't really like it. So I'm going to go and say, I'm going to fade JT and go for Christian McCaffrey. Alex, what do you got? Uh, so my fade is going to be the running quarterbacks that are really popular this week, which include Tyrod Taylor, Cam Newton, and Jalen Hurts. Uh, I do like Tyrod, Tyrod, to be honest, but I think that uh, although they're pretty good, like individual plays, it makes it harder to get the winning combo because you really need to get like a plus one for your quarterback, where if the two guys you pick like have a big game, then he's going to, and that's the way he gets there. So my pivots are Matt Ryan. Uh, he's my favorite passing quarterback this week. Super cheap. They got smoked last week, but they have a great matchup this week. So I think it's an easy bounce back spot. Tua Tungavailoa and Ben Roethlisberger also pass at super high volume. And these guys are going really overlooked this week. So that's going to be my strategy. All right. I'm going fade on Miles Gaskin, who's pulling almost 12% ownership right now. Not that that's insane, but Miles Sanders, $5,100 less ownership. I'll take that. And our projections uh, in, in many areas tend to agree with me. So, yeah, Miles Sanders here on a team that wants to run the football 40-plus times per game. I'll take that over a team in Miami that skews to the pass and is willing to just phase Miles My Gaskin out of the offense if possible. We got to go, so let's wrap this up with our favorite bets of the week. I'll kick it off first. I'm sticking with Sanders. When you're convinced, you're convinced. Our projections over at Odd Shopper have him with 78.2 projected rushing yards on bet rivers. You can get the, because we'll show you there where the best uh, line is the best uh, or the best bet. We bet rivers minus minus one eleven at 59 and a half. We have an, a 70% expected win rate, 30%, 34% XROI. Give me Sanders over all day. We got him projected almost 20 yards over that prop. What do you got, Scott? All right, so I'm going to pivot to actually a game. And, and Lafayette, this is not just to score points with you because I do love you, but uh, I'm going to be picking Philadelphia uh, minus three and a half against the Giants. I think they destroy the Giants. We like that. I, I do not think the Giants firing Jason Garrett, that's not a sign your team is rebounding or doing well. I don't know why they hired him in the first place. So this is a, a huge fate of the Giants in general. And I'm going to go Eagles smash that minus three and a half. It might get up to four. Who cares? Go for it. They're going to win by a touchdown. Love it. Alex, close us out, baby. Let's go. Uh, well, Tyrod over passing yards is my favorite, but I got a couple of unders on passing yards, Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins. Uh, I think that, like, we saw them in a shootout last game, which really inflated their numbers, but on most weeks that's not the case. And uh, with 
Kirk Cousins. You got a spot where uh, it's a tough defensive matchup on the road, and uh, it's more of a run-first team to begin with. So under 271, I think that's uh, a really good bet. And then with the Packers, uh, they're facing the Rams, another really tough defense. And the weather in this game is not going to be great. It's Green Bay in late November. The winds are supposed to be above 15, and the weather is like 35 degrees projected. So I don't think conditions are going to be great for passing there. Lock them in. Tail us. We'll have some fun this week. NHL strategy show coming up next. And then, of course, later, you got the NBA deep dive, deeper dive, NBA live before lock. Big slate today, 12 or 13 games. Hang out with us right here on the channel. Follow Scott at Nimble with numbers, Nimble W numbers, Nimble W numbers.com and everything else he's doing. Check him out on Twitter. Follow Alex at Awesome DFS, myself at Lafayette underscore D. And shout out your boy Tyler Xander for producing today's show. We'll catch you back here next week on the contrary with a new guest. Peace.